Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 61. This podcast today, I'm really excited about, uh, one, because it took a little bit to get it to all all come together. Um, So that means that it's going to be a really awesome podcast. But as I was talking to uh, John Tallheimer, uh, he actually suggested that we talk to our guest today. Uh, He was talking about... um, emotional intelligence. And we we're just going through some of the some of the topics that we've talked about as an audience uh, through all the different podcasts that we've, we've had. And uh, when we finished that podcast, he said, hey, have you talked about personal branding? Have you talked about the importance of making a first impression and those kinds of things? And I said, you know, we haven't. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that's a fantastic thing for us to talk about because I think a lot of times people don't think about their personal brand. They don't think about the first impression that they make. They don't. They don't think about how they look uh, when it, whether it be coming into interviewing for a job or presenting yourself a leader as presenting yourself as a leader in your company. Your style and the clothes that you wear tells a little bit about who you are and the leadership styles that you have. And I think that these are some subliminal things that we need to address. So. Today is the day we get to talk about it. I'm excited to introduce my guest. Her name is Toy Sweeney. She's an award-winning stylist, brand image strategist, and successful entrepreneur. She puts professionals on the pathway to a more confident, coordinated appearance. With 20 years of hands-on experience in the fashion industry, she tailors an individual, results-driven approach to every client. In other words, she is a style director for their life. She helps her clients become an exceptionally styled luxury brand. I love all those words. I'm big on adjectives, and uh, I'm excited to have Toy here today. Toy, say hello to the audience. Fill in some of the gaps and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Um, Evan, thank you so much for having me on. How exciting is this? I can talk about this stuff all day long, so feel free to shut me up if you need to. (laughs) (laughs) Little chatty, little chatty. (laughs) No, that's good because then I don't have to talk as much and my audience much rather hear from my guests than than, than hear from me. That's why I have uh, guests on this podcast because when I talk to myself, I'm usually good for a little bit and then I start stumbling (laughs) over my words and it gets messy. But I want to start a little bit about your story. I want to kind of build a little bit of kind of who you are to the audience and And uh, I think one of the things that really stands out in terms of uh, some of the things that you've done in the past is your relationship with QVC and styling some of those on-air personalities. So talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit first and foremost about what QVC looks at uh, with the people that are actually selling to people on TV and what it kind of took for you to, uh, to craft a look and craft a brand for those each individual personalities. Um, well, QVC, one of my favorite things about QVC is that they are, they do, they really, um, master the art 
if you will, of storytelling in a way that um, no one else really has been able to match that uh, in a way, right? Because, you know, there's no such thing as smell vision you mm-hmm. know, as we would say in-house. And if you're describing a perfume to someone or you see the food, you can see it, but you can't smell it. You can't taste it, you know, if you're watching, obviously, right? So I think that they've mastered that. So um, I started there in the buying office, and um, I wasn't really good at that job at all. <laughs> I am not. I am not a numbers person. I am. I'm very creative and very strategic, and uh, my strengths just don't lie in um, having to um, sit in front of a spreadsheet all day. I'm so. I, I get so bored, and I get so sleepy, and I'm just like really. I get a little angry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. So <laughs> numbers make me angry. So, um, yeah, so I wasn't really good at that job. And so um, I was talking to a coworker and I had decided to go back to school. So it was about 15 and a half years ago. I decided to go back to school for fashion design. And at that time, I had already decided that I wanted to be a fashion stylist. I had been in uh, like a retail merchandising kind of uh, roles um, for about eight years. I was about eight years in my career. And um, I had worked for great companies like Bloomingdale's and Ralph Lauren, um, doing their executive training program and doing some really kind of fun things. But I wanted to uh, I wanted to move on from that retail side and really dive into the fashion side a little bit more. And so it took me about two years to land the job at QVC, but finally I got in. <laughs> and, uh, and so I started in the image department um, while I was going to school for fashion design. And um, I just kind of started to get promoted through there. So once I finally ended up at the point where I had gotten myself um, a style director position working with all 30 program hosts. By that time, I was really curious about personal branding. Mm-hmm. And I really just started to study it a little bit. And I'm all, I'm such a type A personality. I really am always pushing to like, how can I be better? You know, what can I do to educate myself? What is my, this coworker? You know, I wanted to just borrow things that I saw from them. And so I started setting color and the psychology of color and just the whole idea of being relevant and showing up every day. So I started to test those theories with each program host. Um, I started out with the models and then moved on into the program host and thought, what if we use color to tell a story? Um, you know, the same way a product does, right? What if we started to, so I started to test some of those theories and it worked and we started to see, um, you know, and the hosts do such a phenomenal job, but, you know, on the back end, very quietly, it was, um, you know, starting to really, I was really starting to see a difference in the numbers. So the things that I was impacting directly. So I was very excited about that. Wow. That's awesome. Having a job like that and having that kind of experience and kind of looking at it from that angle, it, it taught you a lot of stuff, right? It, it taught you about the personal branding and it kind of uh, drew that out of you a little bit, but you're not doing that anymore. You did QVC for almost 15 years and you started kind of realizing that you you actually got a little bit bored with it, right? And and you decided that you needed to make a change and, and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think that, you know, it was just, I, I always get asked, why would you leave such a phenomenal company, right? And I was like, you know, it was just time. Rory Vaden, um, the author of Take the Stairs, I've read that book like seven times. And he talks about when the question that he gets asked a lot is, when do you know that it's time to leave a job, right? And the answer, according to Roy Vaden, is when you've done everything that you've come to do. Mm. And so I had done everything at QVC that I, that I'd come to do. And 
there wasn't a next step. There was no upward mobility. There was nowhere for me to go at this position was the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had worked really hard to try to get them to create uh, this this position for me. And so I had to make a choice. So it took me a little bit and I it was hard. I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to leave because it was like breaking up. It was like getting a divorce. You know, yeah. I'm leaving my family. <laughs> I'm leaving my friends. I'm leaving people that had come to my wedding and who had laughed with me and cried with me through the years on various occasions. So it was difficult, but I really felt like it was time. And I was doing a podcast interview and we were talking about, you know, passions and on color and style and branding and all of these things that I love. And at the end of the podcast, uh, Ryan Roden said to me, you should write a book. And I thought, I think I will. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, why am I waiting for permission to excel? Why am I waiting for permission to live my dream? Am I comfortable? And, you know, I hate to, I hate to be honest, but because, you know, it makes you so vulnerable when you tell the truth, right? But I was a little comfortable. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that's not a good spot for any of us to be. And so I decided to take a huge leap of faith and get really uncomfortable. And I left. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, it's been crazy. So the last 12 months, I wrote my book called uh, Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand that launched in May on iTunes. I've had a feature in Forbes magazine, uh, Forbes.com, excuse me. And I've been on BBCnews.com. And I've been um, asked to be on exceptional podcasts such as this one. Hey. And uh, I'm having a really good time. So that's what the last 12 months have looked like since I left. That's awesome. Well, I love how you brought up uh, comfortability. So, um, if I if I can get you to listen to some of the past podcasts that we put we we have here for the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, we talk a lot about uh, being. Uh, being uncomfortable and the importance of putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, because that's where all the magic happens. That uncomfortability builds endurance that actually carries you to the next thing. So whatever you're trying to do, what you're doing today is going to keep is has brought you to this point, but what's going to take you to tomorrow is that uncomfortability. So I'm glad you brought that up and I'm glad that you took that step and that jump out there. And the reason I wanted to highlight that a little bit is because I think for the audience, there's going to be people from all different uh, phases of life tuning in. Some of them are are hoping, hey man, um, you know, for you to 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 approach a, a big company like QVC and work your way up in there. I think they're inspired by that story, and I think that there's other people listening to this podcast that are in that uh, point where they're feeling like it's time. They've achieved everything, like you said, that they came there to do. And now they're in a situation where they're trying to identify what's next. And they're looking around and saying, I'm really comfortable right now. And if if I just want to stay here, then that's fine. But uh, if if I want to go to that next level, I have to push myself beyond that uh, comfortability to uncomfortability. So uh, I, I always like talking about that because that's always a, a defining moment for people. And that's mm-hmm. something that uh, really propels them to the next thing to where now you're looking back 12 months and you've been able to be on probably the best uh, podcast for young businessmen in Tulsa, the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, and also <laughs> be featured in, in Forbes, write a book. I'm making light of my podcast. But all the other fun <laughs> things that you do, um, I, I think it's kind of some validation for you that you made the right decision and you're going the right direction. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the book because I do want to talk a, about personal branding. And the, and the book talks a lot about personal branding and the importance of it. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you come on here, especially for our our audience, our audience is that uh, 
10-year younger version of myself, somebody in their mid-20s who's finding themselves in a leadership role. They're trying to identify, you know, who are they really? They've gotten to a certain point of success uh, or are working their way towards success. But for me, 25 years ago, success was financial. It was how much money am I making right now? What kind of car do I drive? Or, you know, do I have uh, X, Y, and Z? Whatever that was for me, it was not a multifaceted thing. And so when I'm looking at being successful or trying to achieve success, I, I look at that as something that you need to do to invest in yourself. You need to read books. You need to continue your education. Uh, you need to look for opportunities to be uncomfortable. And I would put in that category of things uh, that you need to take into consideration when you're striving for success is that personal brand. So if you don't mind, talk a little bit about what a personal brand means to you and why that's important for this next generation coming up. Well, I think that that's such a great question. Um, I just I had a thought and I want to get it out before I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, well, so, you know, we're in this really, um, as a Gen X, person. <laughs> I, I think we're in this really unique time, right? Which is really great. Mm -hmm. That's so much about creativity. It's so much about being an individualist and it's so much about freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is, su this is such a personal, uh, or not a personal, but this is such an exceptional time to be alive because it's really about your art mm -hmm. and, and giving to others and again, being uncomfortable and allowing that, like you said already, to propel you. Um, and the only way to do that, the only way to get the prize of freedom and to put out your best work and uh, to, to, to claim the prize is through your personal brand. So mm -hmm. in 1997, when Tom Peters coined the phrase personal branding, the overall concept was about self-packaging, right? Mm -hmm. It was about marketing ourselves in a way, the same way that large companies um, would, would like market a huge product, but now we are the product. And so he says, you know, we are the CEOs of our own companies. Um, to be in business today in 1997, you know, we are our most, imp our most important job is to market and to master the brand called us. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that thought was in 1997, mm -hmm. you know, and so what that means uh, today, I think, um, is that personal branding involves your whole self, right? It's your personality, it's your core values, it's your mission, it's your vision, and it's your image. It's what you look like and how you show up every day, mm -hmm. right? And so we've all read that, you know, it's what people say, it's when you're not in a room and all of those things, but... There's so many people taking the digital branding, uh, the digital marketing aspect of personal brand. And I feel like it's just broken down and it's segmented into these that person's niche. And what I'm finding from working in television and in fashion for so long, it truly involves your whole self. When you look at people like Kim Kardashian, I just left the Women's Forbes uh, Council, uh, conference in June, and Kim Kardashian was one of our speakers, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at her brand, it involves her personality, her core values, whether you agree with them or not, the mission, the vision, and what she looks like. It's your whole self. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that, you know, that's what it is to me. And, um, you know, that's how I describe it. And that's how you end up with this exceptional product that speaks to who you are, what you do how you create value, right? Because mm -hmm. we're either 
adding value or you're taking up space. You know, what makes you different, that individuality and how you package all of that is your personal brand. Yeah, I think uh, in your book, you talk a little bit about your what, what people think about you when you walk into a room and what you mm-hmm. what people think about you when you leave a room and, and your branding and your style are all tied to that. And uh, I wrote down the words perceived value. I think that when you are dressed for success or you're dressed in line with your personal brand and your personal mission statement, that that perceived value is then communicated. And I think that if you're intentional with the things that you wear and how you dress, if you're going for a certain role or you're trying to achieve a certain thing, the, the way that you present yourself can influence whether or not you're considered for those roles, right? And I think in your book you talked about when you wanted to achieve a certain um, – uh, you, you wanted to do a certain job and you were being overlooked right. for it because uh, they didn't they didn't look at you and see that because of how you were dressed. Tell that story if you don't mind. Yeah, so I was I was working at QVC and I was just I was coming off a very difficult trial um, in my life and I had just we had just lost our son and I was at the point where I was going back to work after his funeral and all these things and so um, there was a couple of perceptions that were going on and I had decided to leave the booking office where I was booking models and things like that to go back to um, being a fashion stylist and at this point I was just dressing the models and so um, but I was still starting to test some of the ideas that I had for branding Um, and so I we had a we the QVC was moving towards um, branding certain program hosts, and one of them had one of the hottest shows uh, that was going on at that time, one of the hottest fashion shows. And so I had found out a couple months later that I was being overlooked, you know, for being on the show, and I was really bummed out. And I'm like, you know, you you feel rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that I was as talented as the person that she was choosing, um, if not more. I knew that I had a lot more to offer and I just, I really knew that I could just really excel in this role. But, you know, this person had this perception of me that, um, I, the perceived value that I was not an exceptional stylist Mm -hmm. in their minds. And so I just really worked to change that. So one of the things that I needed to do was to change the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. I had to tell a different story. And though, even though I was still going through a grieving process, I didn't want to be associated with the word sad, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started using color um, to influence how people were seeing me. And I just basically went into the lab and started sharpening my skills. And I still remember the day that I changed this this person's mind. I remember being in the hallway and I remember walking by the person and saying hello. And I said hello to this person a thousand times, but this was the day it turned a corner because they looked me up and down. They took in my entire outfit mm-hmm. and the way that they said hello to me, I knew that I had the job. Mm. You know, it took, a, it took a while. I don't want to make it seem like it happened overnight, but it was just getting in their path every day and just start creating a buzz around my shows like, Oh, she's good. She's good. She's good. She's good. And then all of a sudden, you know, getting in front of that person and then just letting them take me all in and how I was presenting myself every day over the last few months, they got it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, man, this stuff kind of works. And so, um, you know, so being on those two particular shows led me to getting promoted to where I was no longer addressing the models that I was now having an impact and making a greater impression on all 30, um, program host. Wow. I think it's uh, w- one of the things in that story, too, uh, that I think I read was that your actual style that you were trying to um, 
project was happiness. You were actually mm-hmm. using color and you were using the clothes that you had, even though you weren't happy at the time, right? Because you were going through a lot. Mm-hmm. You weren't happy at the time, but somebody actually made a comment to you that you always looked so happy and you right. attributed that to some of the colors and the style choices that you actually made. And you can actually change people's impression of you just by some of the, the choices that you make with your wardrobe. Oh, absolutely. And I think that during that time, I wore probably more color than I had ever worn <laughs> in my life. You know, I remember one day um, going into work and I had on just like skinny jeans and these red hunter rain boots and his multicolored tunic and this huge, you know, turquoise scarf wrapped around my neck. I mean, I look like a walking rainbow bright and, um, you know, and then just, you know, finish it off with a big smile and was, you know, and my attitude was, was, was really, you know, even a bigger part of it and just greeting everyone with a smile. And when someone says, how you, how are you doing? That's part of your brand too, to not go, Oh, I'm okay. You know, I'm like, I'm doing awesome. Mm-hmm. I, if there, if I was doing any better, there would be two of me, mm-hmm. you know, how are you doing? This is an awesome, like, you know, it was just, it was, you know, and I, it, but I changed my narrative and that was, you know, listen, here's the deal. Our attention spans have changed. Right. And mm-hmm. so every day I was showing up, I had nine seconds to prove to someone that I was likable, that I was trustworthy. If I was smart, if I was talented, all of these things in nine seconds, you know, the smartphone um, and all the technology has allowed us to multitask. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're all geniuses in our own right, you know, but <laughs> it doesn't change the fact, Evan, that we have nine seconds to decide if that customer or that client or that boss is going to give you the job, give you the promotion, all of those things in nine seconds. And so you have to make the best out of your nine seconds every day, every day. One of the one of the things you, you were talking about was your smile, and one of my favorite quotes is, and I, I can't remember who says, it. I want to say Audrey Hepburn, but um, you're not fully dressed without a smile, and mm-hmm. I think your your smile. I was watching the video you had of Mark, was it Marcus Allen? It says right. your, your smile is your logo. That's that's who yeah. that's you. That's that's your 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 kind of thing that everybody will always take away with you. So I think it's just as important to talk about style and everything as it is to talk about just your physical expressions and, and, and your mood and those kinds of things, because that communicates it. Um, I'm sure you've heard the quote, you know, dress for success or dress for the job that you, that you want, not the job that you have. This is all part of that. And I, I think that the outward appearance is projecting the inward self and you can actually fake the outward self or you can fake your inward self with the right appearance but at some point, you do need to backfill that. You, you do need to uh, work towards what you're trying to achieve because at, at some point, people will see through that. But that's that first impression. That first impression is really, really Im- important. And you talked a little bit about your, your, your personal mission statement and your personal values. And I'd like for you to kind of develop that a little bit further because I think you actually go in your book a little bit more detailed on that to really defining what, what you really want to communicate. So what were some of the things that you wanted to communicate with your personal mission statement and your personal values? Well, I think that um, as I moved on from that position, um, there was a, a moment where I really tested uh, – for myself. Um, I, I was doing it with the program host and I, they had a bunch of data that was being shown to me um, on a weekly basis that our customers were really starting to see that our program hosts were being 
um, dress as individualists and they were their personalities are really starting to show through on air. But I wanted to see if I could test this theory for myself. Right. So at this point, you know, it was um, I my life was completely different. I'm now in this role. So this is taking me up to probably about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, I'm in a I'm really good good spot. I have a beautiful seven-year-old little boy. I've been married for 16 years. Like everything in my life is kind of, I just got promoted. You know, everything is kind of wonderful, right? And so I was like, hmm, I really want to test this theory of, of can you change your narrative, right? So now that I am a style director for, you know, for the number one home shopping channel, um, and I've gotten to travel, I've gotten to go to Italy, I've gotten to do all these exceptional things. Let's see if I can make it work. So I decided that Using color, I was only going to wear black, ivory, navy, gray. Just I kept a tight, tight, elegant color palette, uh, mostly wearing black, which is perceived as very elegant, but it also gives you a sense of authority, right? Mm-hmm. I changed my hair and all these things. And so, um, and then I said, I really want people to see me as chic. This is going to be, this is the silliest story, but it's a true story, I swear. <laughs> and so I, it was like years ago when these like gold necklaces came out and it had like the biggest designer one had the word happy on it. And you were like, you would see all the models walking down the runway and somebody had done a knockoff version of it that was a much smaller and it just said chic, right? Yeah. And so I started wearing this like every day, like it was my signature, regardless of what I was wearing, I was wearing this necklace, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then I would wear all black or I wear all I or I, you know, all this, all of the things that were in this elegant color palette that I put together for myself. And so I left, this probably went on for about a year where I just was really using my image to propel me forward. And so about halfway through, um, probably about at the end of like eight, nine, 10 months, you know, whatever, I stopped wearing just the necklace. Right. Mm-hmm. So I go into the ladies room and our our um, president of the company was in the bathroom <laughs> at the time. And, you know, we're at the sink and I'm washing my hands. And she takes a step back and she gives me the once over and she says to me, you always look so chic. And I thought, holy cannolis, this crap works. You know? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, this totally works. It totally works. And I remember going back to my desk and kind of doing a happy dance. Like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You know, so it's like years of research, years of like four years of just like, you know, kind of like planting these seeds. Like, oh, my gosh, it really, really, really works. And I just, I had the biggest like Kool-Aid smile on my face, like, yes, you know, <laughs> so I, that's when I knew that I was onto something, yeah. onto something, you know, it really, I really, really was onto something. So there you go. <laughs> right. No, that's great. I want to, I want to kind of change, uh, change gears a little bit. Uh, cause sure. I want to, I want to talk specifically, uh, uh, to my audience. So, um, with, with my audience and I started to notice this a little bit background on myself. You said you're a Gen Xer. Um, I'm, uh, technically one of the oldest millennials. I, I was, I'm right on the line. And so, um, for me, that was kind of a depressing day at first, but then I was just like, you know what, if I'm a, if I'm an older millennial, I can probably better define what this group is. Um, but one of the things that I noticed in, in one of the jobs that I was working at, I was a manager at a retail uh, store. And when I, when I interviewed for that job, um, I went in with a, a button down shirt, uh, mm-hmm. dress pants, dress shoes, you know, had my hair done nice. I shaved N- nothing like stellar. My, my brand was probably very gappish at that, at that <laughs> time. Um, but 
that's what I wore for an interview. I wanted to look professional, even though I was interviewing for a job selling sporting goods. Um, it was probably about five or six years into that job that I was talking to one of the managers and, uh, one of the, uh, he had just interviewed somebody and I, I felt really old saying it, but I was like, that kid, uh, wore that for an interview. He was wearing mm-hmm. sandals, uh, baggy cutoff, uh, khaki shorts. And, um, I think it was a tank top and it was mm-hmm. just, I was just kind of blown away that I, and I, and I said to him, I said, are you even considering hiring that guy? And he said, um, he says, well, what do you mean? And I said, I mean, he didn't even dress up for the interview. And he goes, none of them do anymore. Mm-mm. And I was, Mm-mm. and I was just blown away by that statement. And so now granted my audience is a little bit older than a teenager applying for a job, but I, that is the generation that's kind of here. That's a little bit more comfortable. You know, you see like the Mark Zuckerberg's wearing the, wearing the, the hoodies all the time. It's just very casual. And I think even your book, you talk about people, you know, having to be told not to wear pajamas to court dates and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and to, uh, picking up your kids from school. Um, right. I, which I kind of get if you're not going to get out of the car, um, maybe, maybe at least the top, like the bottom can be like pajama pants if they just come out to your car. But if you go in and get them, the bunny slippers probably isn't the best deal. But what are, what are some of these things that, that, uh, this generation needs to think about? And I'm talking about the 20 somethings when they're going in for an interview, just because you spent $180 on a pair of jeans doesn't necessarily mean they're a nice pair of jeans. So, so what are, what are some things for them to take in consideration when they're either applying for a job or they're trying to work their way up in a company? Um, uh, talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about companies maybe that have dress codes or, or that kind of have some sort of guidelines and how they can integrate with that as well. Well, I think the big thing is that you don't want to miss the, you don't want to miss the overall message of, Number one, it really depends on the company and the job that you're applying for. Mm -hmm. If you are applying to work at Facebook and you're going to be side by side with Mark and doing different things, you know, and and their dress code allows that, then that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it makes perfect sense to look that way. But if you are uh, fresh out of law school or, you know, working for a financial firm, then the rules are going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. So I think that you have to look at the job that you're interviewing for. But I will say this is that we're we're living in a time where dressing up is now the different thing to do. And it's the way to stand out mm-hmm. because nobody dresses up anymore. And so now it's become it's a norm for me, you know, when I'm meeting with a client and things like that. And maybe the norm for you when you're looking for that job. But now everything is so dressed down. If you you know, when you're taking a flight, everyone in the airports in yoga pants and you know, this, that, and a third. And so I think that, um, number one, you have to look at the company that you're interviewing for, the company that you're working for, really consider their dress code because you never want to be disrespectful, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you want to look at that. And then as you kind of immerse yourself into the culture and learn about that culture a little bit, then you can kind of understand the do's and the don'ts and start to insert your personality this way, you know, in, in a way that, you know, makes sense for your, your personal brand. Um, I think that you also have to look at your calendar and see who you're meeting with that day. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity that, you know, on your walk, even as an intern, that you're going to be walking by the CEO's office um, 
every day, I personally would dress way different than the other interns because I want to get his or her attention. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And so I think it's things like that. But looking at your week, seeing who you're going to be meeting with, looking at how your, you know, how your boss, you know, is dressing and then deciding also where you want to be in that company, you know, and just looking at what that person is doing also. Um, So taking your cues from that. And if everybody wears jeans on a on a Friday, then maybe you do wear jeans. But if, you know, if you're a guy, maybe you, you know, show your personality through your socks or your cool shoes, or maybe you wear denim on denim with a bow tie or something that's going to set you apart. Again, it depends on what you're going to do. And if you're a young lady, then maybe decide what you're going to be known for in the office. Is it, you know, is she elegant? Is she chic? Is she a go-getter? Does she, you know, maybe you do a blazer and jeans, or maybe you do certain dresses or whatever, come up with your signature something so that people can really start to see your personality. And then again, think about your perceived value. Um, if you're selling a product, for example, that costs five thousand dollars, you know that's not when you want to come to work in sandals and shorts, mm-hmm. you know. But if you're selling Rita's water ice, then that's different, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that people can tell um, through your voice and your mannerisms. So the, the business that I'm in, we're on the we're on the phone a lot, and so I, nobody sees me. Nobody nobody mm-hmm. actually sees what I'm wearing or, or how I look or anything else. But I think it's important to realize that even when you're not visibly seen, your style mm-hmm. will actually dictate how you communicate. Absolutely. It's your brand. It's your, that's your personal brand. We were taught back in the day when I was working in retail, when we would answer the phone that, you know, and they still talk about that as a sales tactic to smile, you know, when you're answering the phone, because people can tell, they, can hear they you know smile. where you're right. They can hear you're smiling. And so we would have smiling and we would have to. I worked at a company called Canadians Corporation and uh, the store was called Pants Place. And I still remember all these years later saying, answering the phone, hello, it's a great day at Pants Place. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it's a great day at Pants Place. (laughs) It's a great day to wear pants, apparently. Well, I, I appreciate you kind of sharing your knowledge and your expertise on, on fashion and, and and really the personal brand. The personal brand part, I think, is, is really the most important uh, part of all of this, because whether it's um, dressing to make your to, to help uh, uh, present yourself in, in terms of first impressions and, and lasting impressions, communicating your personal brand or trying to uh, identify or uh, communicate the, the mission and values that you bring to the table. I think when it comes to promotion. I think it's important to take in consideration the outfits that you wear and the things that you do. I want to talk specifically about leaders and kind of and kind of close it out on that because we we talked before in our, in our, our pre-show uh, a couple of days ago about how a leader dresses, how somebody you look up to as a, either a thought leader or somebody who's um, who's in a position of expertise and and really the importance of their personal brand there. And so I think I was telling you a story about when I look at somebody who's successful uh, in, in terms of the, either the role they play, the books that they've written, um, the money that they've made, whatever it is, I'm, I'm looking at that personal brand because to me, success leaves clues. We, we talk about a lot of time, there's different things that successful people do. I think personal brand is one of them. Um, and, and I, and I want to kind of hear your thoughts on, on this because I know we talked about it a little bit, but it's not just what you wear. Part of it is 
your fitness, your your health, and and being intentional with taking care of yourself. Um, I think I told you that I really look up to people that have achieved success, but still take time to be physically fit as well, because that communicates to me uh, self discipline and those kinds of things. So, talk a little bit about that. What role does uh, being physically fit or or being actively um, conscious about your health play in your personal brand? I think that the goal, if you so when you start to study success and successful people, and what it really takes to win is that you want to get to a place where you are as whole as possible, right? Because we've all met a person and then they leave the room and their personal brand, you know, leaves this wake of like, oh my gosh, they're crazy, right? <laughs> right? And you're like, oh. You know, or regardless of what, you know, their fitness level. And when I say fitness level, I mean, um, I want I don't want to misinterpret anything I'm saying about being skinny, mm-hmm. you know, um, to lead people to think that we would, you know, ever skinny shame or fat shame anyone. So mm-hmm. it's really about being whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you look at people and I love to look at professional athletes because it's about just driving and being the whole package. So mentally strong, physically strong, um, spirit, spiritually strong. I believe in all of those things. And so once you start to master your mindset, I think it really starts to translate to the outside of you because you start to realize that if you get up every morning and you go running or you go walking, or you walk your dog and you do whatever, then you start to feel good. And when you start to look, feel good, you start to look good. When you mm-hmm. look good, you feel good, right? And then you're confident, and then the world is yours. And so yeah. I think that it's all, it's all, it's all unchangeable or all just um, works collectively, I guess is a better way to say it. And so, um, and so I do believe that. And when you look at who your heroes are, um, especially, like I said, the way athletes just get up and they train their minds and their bodies, mm-hmm. you know, and then you look at what they've been able to accomplish outside of that, you know, of their, fi- of their field, you know, again, they're just winning. And don't we all want to just win in life? Yeah. And then when we do things like you start to notice, I've never met one person who says, when I don't eat right, I feel when I, when I eat healthy, I feel terrible. Like nobody says that. <laughs> it's just like, you know, oh, I worked out today. I felt terrible. Like you might be sore. But it, it, it's just not true. Like you're just going to feel better. The more feel better, the better you start to take care of yourself. And then you just start to win, I think, in other areas, too, because you do want to be your best at work. And you as a consequence, you know, you uh, or a byproduct, rather, you have a better attitude. You're smiling. All of those things are going to make you feel better anyway. So I think that that's, you know, that's kind of it. I think, you know, we have to be careful with that. Um, especially because I'm so close to the fashion industry and I don't ever want it to make it seem like we're saying you have to be skinny, you know, or to win. But I think that if you approach it from the perspective of wholeness and healthiness, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, that's a great part, a great basis to build your personal brand on. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with that. And, and my intent is not to basically say everyone has to be skinny. But what, what I do want to okay. say with that is, is, is what you talked about is that confidence that it, that it builds. You feel good. And when you feel good, you build that confidence. And I think that shows no matter what your weight is, um, I think that that confidence is really part of that thing that's being developed. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that I think about when you bring up athletes is it's easy 
to go for seconds. It's easy to sleep in and not go work out. And what I mm-hmm. admire about people that are uh, pursuing that wholeness to be fit and eat healthy or, or to uh, have that discipline to do, uh, you know, get up in the morning and walk or whatever else. Those are those things that I look at and say, if I'm going to be a successful person and I see those successful mm-hmm. people doing those things and, and I see those right. clothes that they leave on because they're looking at their overall well-being as if I'm going to lead this company, I need to be healthy so that I can lead this company for a long time. And so I think it's important to look on those uh, sides of it as well. And I think that's communicated through your personal Mm -hmm. brand. And I think if that becomes a value of something that you want to communicate, it shows through not just in the clothes that you wear or the colors that you choose, but also in the style of health that you live as well. And so I I think it, I think they all kind of come together and and, and I wanted to kind of bring that up because I knew um, originally uh, when we were talking, you were kind of saying, you know, um, that it, it it was kind of the opposite effect of 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 looking at some of those things of you know most people are they don't put as high a value on that and you were kind of like mm-hmm. uh, I think it's I think it's still cool that people do put a value on that stuff because one of the things I've noticed is those guys that get up at five or four in the morning and they're doing all those other stuff if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm there uh, outside walking when they're walking or if I'm the, in the gym when they're in the gym. Um, I'm getting their attention there too. And that's just just another opportunity to be in front of those kinds of people. Absolutely. And I, you know, and I'll tell you when I, I typically get up about 5am, I've been known to get up at 4.30, you know, depending on what the type of workout I want to get in that day. And I have to tell you that for me, being at the gym at 4.30 in the morning, doing an hour and a half on that elliptical, because that's Mm -hmm. what I do on the elliptical, somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half. And to know that, my competitors are still sleeping. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like by the time it's 7am, I'm like, I am winning, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because I've already had my green smoothie. I've already worked out. I've already looked at my day. I've already, you know, gotten everybody in my house off to their day. I'm headed, you know, I was headed into the office and I, I did, I, I stood a little taller walking and knowing that I already had that off of my plate and that I was already in a position to win. I think that that's what, what we were talking about before, mm-hmm. but it comes down to choice. And so you have to decide that number one, you want to win and that you're going to win, you know, and then you have to take those steps to do that. And so for me and you, cause we've talked about this is that that's on our list of what it's going to take for us to win, yeah. you know, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I didn't get up this morning and work out. And so I've, I've, I did not win today. But tomorrow is a new day and I will conquer tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm I didn't looking. either. <laughs> but right. I am eating very clean today. There you go. I didn't eat clean today either. I, just, I totally screwed up today. Um, I, I, want, I want to give you the final word. I want to kind of put a nice little bow on this and, 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 uh, and give you an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. You know, you know who we're talking to. You know, you know the, 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 the group that we're trying to reach. I'd love to kind of hear your message to young business leaders uh, that are coming up, that are finding themselves in these leadership roles, that are trying to define their personal brand. What would you say to motivate them? What would you say to encourage them along that journey? And, um, and then from that, I, I do want to take a moment to uh, allow people to connect with you. So what's your, what's your message to the audience? I think that, number one, I want you to decide today that you're going to win, mm-hmm. right? I want you to decide what level of success you're going to achieve. And then start to put it together of um, what is it going to take for you to get there? Number one is you want to start 
with your personal brand. You know, I talk about it in my book, Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand. The entire book is about how you turn yourself into a luxury brand. And so there's some great videos and tips and things like that. But if you don't know where to start, I would recommend doing uh, Sally Hogshead's Fascinate Advantage because like Nike, you know, you can be the Google of your niche or whatever it is, as Ryan Roten always says, you know, you can be your own, you can have your own brand mantra and what you're going to stand for. And taking that 10 minute assessment test, um, will allow you to know how everybody else is already seeing you, allowing you to capitalize on what you're doing well and how you're winning without even knowing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get any better than that. So I would say um, to first do that. And through that process, you will create your own brand mantra. So, you know, whatever that looks like for you. And then you have a leg to start to build your leadership skills around. You have a leg to kind of stand on and say, this is what I'm putting out into the world. This is how I add value. This is my wellspring. These are the things that I'm already doing that's telling everybody I'm a rock star. And then it also is giving you a language to speak. So I think that just using those tools to establish your personal brand is in building that foundation is one thing. And so those are the two things that I definitely recommend that you do to, to just start is either um, is a pick up my book and then two, um, you know, take the Sally Hogshead's fascinate advantage because it's going to talk about what makes you different, how you're already standing out and how, what your brand already is. And so that's going to get you to start winning already. And then uh, once you do that, um, you know, you can just, you have a roadmap. So you can just take full advantage of it. And then, of course, I am here for you. <laughs> you can reach out to me. Um, I love emails, messages. You can call me. There's a call button on my Instagram. Um, you know, I will send you the voicemail, but I promise I'll call you back. But email me. Talk to me about any questions that you have, style questions, any of that. Um, I'm Toy Sweeney everywhere with the exception of Twitter where I'm Sweeney Toy. Um, I love, 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 love connecting with people and reaching out to you guys and talking to you about different things and knowing what your challenges are and um, how you want to stand out and helping you to build that brand. So um, just let me know how I can help. I am here to serve. That is awesome. ToySweeney.com, T-O-I, Sweeney.com. I'll put links in the uh, the show notes too so you guys can connect there. And definitely check out the book Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand. You can find it on iBooks. And can they actually get uh, uh, paper versions of it or is it only digital? <laughs> No, it's only digital because um, I I was trying to make it easy. It's 64 pages. There's tons of videos. It takes you about an hour and a half um, to get through it because I know that we're all busy. And, um, you know, it's eight seconds at a time. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So, you know, I figured I'd try to make it so that it was portable and easy for people to kind of break down. Um, So, that was why I did it that way. And so, the feedback's been great. It's really easy to get through. That's awesome. Well, Toy, thank you for taking the time to speak to our audience, uh, to talk a little bit about personal branding. I'm, I'm really excited to share this message with our audience because I think it's something that uh, we we are we know that it's there, but we probably have not been intentional with really identifying what our own personal brand is and defining that we when we start companies and we, we select mission statements and we go through all that stuff uh, that projects the brand of the company. But I think it's just as important as young leaders and people finding themselves in leadership roles that you need to take in consideration your own personal brand and find ways to communicate that. And this is a fantastic way to do it. So toy, thank you for being a part of the podcast and listeners will catch you on the next podcast. 
Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.